Uh, welcome back, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Conscious Love Show. Today's topic is help. I can't meet any good people. What should I do? Help. I can't meet any good people. What should I do? And I was thinking this week um, about a session I had with a client recently, and I was, I was thinking about, you know, I really want to, so, sometimes when I'm talking to a client and a challenge comes up in the call, I like to, you know, obviously share what I can share in the call, but then I like to sit with it. I like to think about it. And actually the podcast is one of the greatest ways of me exploring solutions myself, because as I talk, things come through and I have realizations and everyone else has realizations. And I thought this would be a great topic to explore in the podcast and just really flesh it out and talk about all the different details about it and all the different aspects about it. So I'm excited to do that today. But what, what we were talking about on, um, on the call, on the coaching call, was that she had shared with me that her friend made a commitment that I'm going to go on three dates a week using the dating apps and I'm just going to book my calendar like, you know, three times a week and I'm just going to do that consistently no matter what. And what, what she said is, you know, her friend made the commitment to do that and then her friend met her husband and they were married within like a year and now they're living happily ever after whatever the situation is. And she was saying like, I just need to do the same thing. I just need to get myself out there, meet as many people as possible, go on as many dates as I can. And if I just play the numbers game, eventually I'll find someone. And for anybody who's joining me live right now, if you ever had that thought or you've ever attempted to do it that way, just tap that heart a few times. I want to know, I want to know who I'm speaking. Okay. I see the hearts going already. <laughs> yeah. So if that's you tap that heart a few times, I'm, I'm interested to see who it is. Um, so the, the, the reason I wanted to speak into this is because I don't necessarily believe that dating is a numbers game. And, and I want to say to a degree it is right to a degree, you need to meet lots of people. You need to be available for a lot of people. You need to have a community or some place where, you know, it's easy to meet people where you have common interests and common connections. Like, you know, these things are important. So to a degree, it is a numbers game, but to a, to a greater degree, it's an intention game and it's a, it's an energy game and it's a, it's a positioning yourself in the way you want to be regardless of anyone or anything else. It's, it's that kind of game first. And then the numbers game is a second thing. And what was coming up on the call with the client was, you know, she was trying to do this thing where, you know, three dates a week, no matter what, I'm going to meet as many people as I can. I'm, I'm just going to make it happen. And what was starting, and I know a lot of you will relate to this, what was starting to happen for her was that she was getting burnt out. She's getting exhausted. And she's like, oh my God, I can't imagine just sitting through another dinner with one of these losers that I'm not even remotely interested in. And like, I just, you know, she's like, she's like getting burnt out. She's getting exhausted. She's getting defeated. She's getting, uh, I mean, all of that, right? Hopeless. Hopeless was a word that came up. And I found that just trying to, you know, grind it out on the dating apps, just trying to book another date, just trying to get out there with one more person. When you're not experiencing the kind of connection you want to experience, when you're not feeling the way you want to feel, 
it gets to a place where even if you were to go on a date with your ideal person, you wouldn't even be open or receptive to that relationship because the amount of guardedness and the amount of, you know, protection you have to wear just to get through another date like this is like you're not even open hearted. You're not even in a space of love. And so even if love were to show up around you, you're not receptive to it. And, you know, this is, I mean, this is pervasive through every area of my life. The more I grow, the more I realize that it's not about forcing it to happen, but it's about surrendering my need to make it happen, my desire. I did a session a few weeks ago about instant gratification, right? It's, it's surrendering my need to make it all better right now, surrendering my need to have everything be perfect right now, to fall in love right now, to have my person show up right now, to end my loneliness right now. It's surrendering that need and getting into a flow, getting into a flow where I feel like things are happening for me, where I feel like, like things are coming to me in, in divine timing, in a purposeful way, in a way that I'm, you could call it attracting it in or, or, you know, manifesting it, right? I think attraction and manifestation are like two sides of the same coin. But the idea is, is that the space that I am embodying within myself, the way I feel, the way I carry myself, the way I approach life, the way I think about myself, the way when I look in the mirror in the morning, the way I feel about myself and I feel about my life and I feel about all the things that are happening in my day, that I want to feel really empowered in that. I want to feel really hopeful in that. I want to feel really connected in that, like I'm in the flow, like I'm moving in the right direction, like things are happening for me. And yes, you may experience anxiety, you may experience stress, you may experience difficulty, you may experience challenge, but that's, that's a little bit different than a consistent state of hopelessness. It's a little bit different. And, and so there, there's some subtlety here, but I want to, so let me just, let me just dive in here too. If anybody, if you're feeling like right now that you can't meet any good people, if you're feeling like no matter what you do, you hit a wall, like you, you go on dating apps and nothing works there and your friend introduces you to someone and nothing works there. And you feel like no matter what you're, what you do, you're just hitting a wall. Like, let's talk about what to do when you're in that position. And I'll tell you what I said to my client. I said, when in any area of life, when we're hitting a wall, it's usually life redirecting us, right? We make a plan and, you know, I, I talk about the ego a lot and all of our plans are egoic, okay? Our authentic self, our soul, that doesn't need to make plans. That just lives. That is just alive. It's just, it's just being alive in the moment and experiencing all of it. But our ego is afraid. And because we're afraid, we have to try to make it happen or we have to try to control it. Because like, if you think about what our plans are really about, our plans are about getting the things we want, making the things we want happen, finding a way to take what we felt wasn't going to happen on its own 
and then finding some way to force it to happen. That's what our plans are about. So when we make a plan, like I'm going to get on the dating apps, I'm going to book three dates a week and I'm going to, and I'm going to just, you know, grind it out and make it happen. I'm going to find somebody. What could be operating underneath that, and I'm not saying it's operating a hundred percent of the time. What could be operating underneath that is the fear that it's not going to happen. Is the fear that I'm not going to find my person. I'm not going to meet them. It's not going to work. So here I am booking up three dates a week, grinding it out, trying to make it happen. But what's really going on underneath is I'm terrified that it's not going to happen. And so every effort that I make towards making it happen is actually reinforcing the thought and the feeling that it's not going to happen because I don't feel safe in my own body. I don't feel comfortable in my life and where it is right now. I don't feel at peace with myself and, and the way things are. And, and so I'm not dating from a place of wholeness and contentment and, and peace about my life, but I'm dating from a fear that it's not going to happen. And I'm trying to overcompensate for that. And so if we're to look at, you know, I started this by saying her friend told her that this is what she did. I dated three times a week and, and I, I did that for six months and then I met someone and now we're living happily ever after together, right? Well, what I would want to know is what else your friend was doing, right? Okay, she dated three days a week. But what I want to know is where is she dating from? What were her practices outside of just going on three dates a week? right? How was she taking care of her mental health? How was she taking care of her emotional health? How was she being with herself in those moments of loneliness? How was she filling up her time that she wasn't on a date, right? What was she doing with the rest of her time? What kind of people were surrounding her in the other areas of her life? You know, was she fulfilled in her work, right? Like these are all, these are all different aspects and to think that all of those other aspects I just mentioned can be lacking, but that I can grind it out on the apps and go on three dates a week and think that love is just going to show up in my life that way, that's not congruent. You see, there's, there's a distinction between being and doing. I used to, I used to deliver a training and this was one of the core distinctions in the training. It was, uh, we would talk about it. Some of you may have heard, be, do, have. Right. And be, do, have is who I'm being, how I'm being generates the effectiveness of my doing. It generates the quality of my doing. It generates the energy with which I do things, which there, which then determines what I will have, whether I will have the result I'm looking for or whether I will have the result, uh, some other result, right? And a lot of us think that if I do the right thing, like go on a date three days a week, if I just do the right thing, then I will get the thing I want and then I will be happy or then I will feel loved. So what we do is we take being, which is supposed to be at the beginning of the equation, and we put it at the end of the equation. And we say that if I just do the thing that I want to do, or if I just do the thing that I think is right for me to do, 
I'll get the thing I want to get and then I'll be happy. Then I'll be fulfilled. Then I'll be alive. Then I'll feel loved. And the thing is, is it never works out that way. Whenever we try that approach, that's, that's the equation for the hamster wheel, right? That's where we just find ourselves running and running and running and running on the hamster wheel and never really getting anywhere because we've got to take the being and we've got to put it at the beginning of the equation. So for anyone right now, if you're struggling to meet good people, if you're struggling to make quality connections, if you're struggling to find, you know, to vibe with people, to, to have relationships that, you know, you click and you take off, if, if that's not happening for you, then what probably needs to happen first is you've got to put a primary focus on your being. So how do you feel when you wake up in the morning? How do you feel when you go to sleep at night? How do you spend your days? What are the activities you're involved in? You know, do you have things on a regular basis that you are genuinely excited about? That you are genuinely looking forward to? That you genuinely can't wait to like, I have this event tonight. I'm going to meet a bunch of great people there. I'm going to do something I love. I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to fill me up. It's going to fill my soul. And that's whether I meet someone or not, right? It's not about meeting someone all the time. It's not about finding someone all the time. It's about living a life that you feel fucking amazing about. It's about living a life that you get up in the morning and you're like, I freaking love my life. And, and you know what? Every single aspect of my life is amazing. And, and I've created such a, a beautiful space for somebody to step into and share this amazing life with me. So if you're struggling to connect, you're struggling to find the right people, you're struggling to make the kinds of quality connections that you want to make, stop focusing on meeting someone and start focusing on how you're being. Start focusing on how you feel. Start focusing on what you're doing with your time. You see, for for somebody who's in the flow, and they're going on three dates a week, and they're having a lot of fun, and whether they like the person or not, they just enjoy getting out. They just enjoy going out for a drink, or going out for a dinner, or going out for a coffee, and meeting a new person, and having a conversation, and asking questions, being like, tell me where you're from. How'd you grow up? What's your life been like? You know, And, and they're, just, they're just genuinely having a good time with that. Then freaking do it. Like, ride that wave. Have so much fun with it right? Enjoy meeting people, enjoy dating, enjoy the connection, enjoy the drink, enjoy the coffee, enjoy getting out of the house as long as it's enjoyable. But when it's not enjoyable, stop it. And this is the part that our egos cannot handle because our egos say, if you stop it, nothing's ever going to happen. What do you mean? Look at, you're getting older. You can't stop it now. You need to, you need to hit the gas and go full speed ahead right now. And there's a complete lack of trust in yourself and in life to bring you what is right for you. There's a complete lack of trust that if I were to put myself first in life, 
rather than putting my need to get into a relationship first, if I were just to put myself first in life, that that would take care of everything else, that that would take care of the relationship, that would take care of, of all of it, right? If I were just to put myself first. And so when you're not feeling good about it, when the idea of going on another date or when the idea of opening up the app and trying to talk to somebody is depressing for you, when it's exhausting for you, when it's bringing up a sense of deep hopelessness inside, that's when you've got to stop it and you've got to find something that doesn't make you feel that way. You've got to find something that makes you feel good about yourself that makes you feel good about your life, that makes you feel good about who you are, that makes you feel good about where you are, that makes you feel confident about the future and what's possible and what's available to you. And when you're feeling hopeless or when you're feeling lost or when you're feeling like you're hitting a wall, it's time to redirect. It's time to stop and say, okay, I'm hitting a wall here. I've been trying to push it forward. I've been trying to meet someone. I've been trying to make it happen but it's not working. I'm getting burnt out. I'm getting exhausted. So what do I need to do? Right now, I need to fill myself up. I've been sending all my attention outside of myself. I've been sending all my attention out to this person and that person and the next date and the app and, and trying to think, you know, how do I get this person to like me? And what do I need to say? And what do I need to do? I've been sending all my attention out and I've been neglecting myself. I've been putting all my attention in what I can do to get somebody to want me so that I can have love, so that I can one day feel better down the road. But I've been ignoring how I feel right now. I've been depriving myself of the joy that I could have right now in my life for the hopes that somewhere, somewhere down the road I'll be happy. And that is... Like if you think about, if we want to look at this from a worthiness perspective and you want to think about that within the context of worthiness, what you're actually saying to yourself is I don't deserve to be happy until I meet someone. That I don't deserve to be happy until I somebody wants to be with me, un, until I'm loved by someone else, I don't deserve to be loved by myself or to make myself a priority, which, which, is a, which is a symbol of love, right? When you make yourself a priority, you are symbolizing to yourself that you are worthy of your own love and attention. And when you neglect yourself, you are symbolizing to yourself that you are not worthy, that something else is more important. And so... So if you were, let's go here now, if you were to stop grinding it out on the dating apps, trying to meet someone else, like, I mean, I want you to imagine for a moment, what if, what if you were to imagine that it was, it was going to happen for you no matter what, right? Like that, like say, say it was already done. It was already done that at a certain time and a certain place in your life, that you're going to connect with this person and it's going to be there and and that time and place is already set you don't have to worry about it and there's nothing you can do to get there faster you've just got to wait to get to that place right and the only thing 
that's going to make sure that you arrive at that place in that time and meet that person is by taking care of yourself the best you can right now. Right? That's the only factor that has anything to do with it. Right? So you could go out and run on the hamster wheel of the dating apps for years and years and years and years and years and never get yourself closer to that day and time. But what if you were to live with the certainty that that day and time was already set, it was already done, it was already established, and the only thing you needed to do was take care of yourself right now until that day and time arrived? How might you approach this whole thing differently? And that would be a massive reversal for most people. Like most of us live very much and and it's not our fault. Like this is what we've been taught, you know, like we've been taught that if you want something, you've got to work hard for it. You get it off out of blood, sweat and tears. Like this is, this is what we've been taught. And in some areas of life that appears to work, right? In, for example, in the business world that appears to work now, I want to, I want to say like, I want to draw this parallel here because it actually doesn't work in any area of life. Like even in business, if you relate that way, you may achieve a lot of money or a lot of success on some spectrum that you're looking for, but you will be empty inside and all of the success you've achieved will mean nothing. And so even though it appears to work in some areas, what we're finding out more and more and more And especially since, you know, teachings like the law of attraction and these kinds of things have become available and they're becoming more mainstream. What we're starting to see more and more and more is that that doesn't really work anywhere. It's all an illusion. It's all a hype. It's all, it all seems like it works until you really get under the surface of what's going on with people in their hearts. And and I would like, You know, you could do the same thing in relationships that I just described in business. Like you could go out there, you could get someone to fall for you through, you know, not being yourself. And by the way, people do this all the time, right? You you don't be yourself. You don't reveal your authenticity. You don't reveal your heart, but you pretend to be something else and you get someone to want to be with you based on that. And then, you know, you even get married and maybe you spend your whole lives together, but are you happy? Do you feel seen and loved and received by your partner? And, you know, what what we're finding is that life just does not work that way. That life is a creative process. And because life is a creative process, life requires us to be creative. And creativity is the opposite of being mechanical. Right? So when we say, when we say to, to be mechanical... It would be, okay, I want a certain result. So let me backtrack from that result. Let me determine the benchmarks I need to hit to be on track for that result. And let me just grind it out and hit all those benchmarks and get that result, right? And that's that's the way people build businesses a lot of times. And that's the way people try to do relationships with that never works. But that is actually not creative at all. Because you can start with a plan like that. But what ends up happening is you, life is going to bring you obstacles. It's going to bring you, uh, 
It's going to bring you roadblocks that force you to reroute. And when you, when you, when you are confronted with life by something that is telling you to reroute, that's when your creativity needs to be available. That's when you need to be able to see a greater possibility than just your simple plan of moving straight forward in a very linear way. You've got to be able to move. You've got to be able to flow. You've got to be able to adapt. So for anybody who's listening to this right now, ask yourself, what do I need? What would fill me up? How can I adapt to this situation? If I get out, if I get out of my linear mind of trying to push it forward along the timeline I set, along the benchmarks I set, along the, the idea of how I said it needs to be. If I could get out of my, of my needing to push it forward and I could allow life itself to show me the path. And if I were to operate from that place, what would I need right now? What would I need right now? And I want to tell you, I want to share my story around this, my personal story around this, because I think that's probably going to be the best way to illustrate it. And I'll share some things about my wife and her story as well. But so for me, I was in a place, I was maybe 24 years old, 25 years old, something like that. And I was in a place where I really wanted to like meet my partner. And I was, I was, you know, trying to date a lot and I was on the apps, I was doing all the things, right? And hitting a wall with it, by the way, hitting, like hitting a complete wall with it, like, like getting nowhere. I mean, it, it was, it was like hard for me to even get a match on a dating app. And I, I remember like, I think I might've shared the story before, but I was in, I was in a training. Um, I w- I've always been into personal development, and I was uh, I was I was in a, a seminar this weekend. And the woman who was uh, who was delivering the seminar, she act- she actually ended up being one of my mentors for about a year. Um, but at the time, I don't know if she might have been my mentor at the time. I don't know. But 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 I was in her workshop. She's delivering a seminar, and um, and she said this, and I'll never forget it. She said, "If you want a partner." You need to be so much about your own life that you're just that you're just creating this amazing life for yourself. And somebody along the way is going to see that and they're going to want to be a part of it. And and I I remember like when she said that, I don't know why, you know, but it just it landed for me in a really deep way when I heard that. And I was like, you know what? She is absolutely right about that. And from that point forward, my entire approach to love completely changed. And it's funny, actually, my approach to love became 100% focused on my career. I was like, you know what? What I need to do is make the most of myself. And what can I do to make the most of myself? I can, I can get to hard work on my career. Now, this is my journey. So I'm not saying that for everybody, you need to go work on your career. I'm saying you got like, to figure out what that is for you. But that's what it was for me at the time. I needed to get focused on my career. I needed to build a, a business and, a, and a, a life that I was proud of. And 
Why did I need to do that? It wasn't because I needed more money or more success, but it was because I needed more worthiness. Okay, I needed to build up my own worth. I needed to build a life for myself that I was proud of even if I didn't have a partner. I needed to build a life for myself that I woke up every day and I said, man, this is, this is like the life of my dreams, even if I have it by myself. And knowing that if I create the life of my dreams, that of course somebody would want to be a part of that because it's amazing. Why wouldn't somebody want to be a part of that? And this is the thing. This is the thing is that when you, when you put your focus on yourself, making the most of yourself, making the most of your life, making, I heard it said in a book, um, there's a book called Seth Speaks. It, it, this is another book that changed my life. Um, for anyone who wants to check it out, it's a profound teaching, this book called Seth Speaks. But in the book, he says that uh, your life is your most intimate work of art. I love that, right? Your life is your most intimate work of art. And like, I, I've really, I've always felt that. I've always felt that. Like to treat your life like it is your most intimate work of art. And then to create your life like it is a work of art and then allow other people to see that work of art. Allow other people to see that work of art and go, I want to be a part of that. You see, and then from that place, it doesn't become about, I need somebody to love me so I can feel better about myself in my life. It becomes about, my life is such a work of art. I need somebody whose own artistic expression is going to complement the work of art that I've created so our art together can expand. So it can become a greater work of art. Uh, someone asked what the book is called. The book is called Seth Speaks. Seth Speaks. Right, but it's it's about, I, I, I need somebody whose own artistic expression of their life complements mine and we create a work of art together. We create a greater work of art. And, and then from that place, you see it, it becomes like very simple that most people just are not up to that task. And this is why I actually, in my coaching, and a lot of you will love this, is I actually coach people not to use dating apps. Like in, in the program, Inspired Love, which, which by the way, I forgot to mention this, but let me just put a plug in right here while we're talking about it. Inspired Love opens for enrollment January 1st. I just want everybody to be ready for that because we're getting everything set up right now. And as soon as the first opens, we're going to be booking calls and, and the schedule is going to fill up fast. So I want to I wanna talk to as many of you as we can. And I want to get as many of you in there as we can. So just, I want everybody to be ready for that. It's going to open for enrollment on... Uh, uh, January 1st. Yeah. So it's going to open for enrollment then. And I just want to put a plug about that uh, right now. But anyway, what I was going to say is in inspired love, when we talk about, uh, when we talk about dating apps, what I actually say is you don't need them. 
And if you want to use them, you can, but use them like an afterthought. Use them like, I have five minutes right now. Let me see if there's anybody I'm matched with that I'm actually interested in talking to. Use them as an afterthought and put your whole attention into creating this work of art that is your life. And I say in in the Inspired Love program, I say this, and I've said this with all my clients, passion is the great connector. Passion is like a giant magnet that attracts everything that is in alignment with that passion to you. And and it also repels everything that is not in alignment with that passion. So like, I want you to think about that, like by embodying as much passion as you possibly can, being passionate about yourself, being passionate about your life, being passionate about your day, being passionate about the activities that you have lined up, being passionate about the event that you're going to tonight and what you're going to do there and who you're going to meet there and how much fun you're going to have and how it's going to fill you up, right? Like being passionate about the ways that you spend your time and the things that you do with your life. And like, we've talked about it, like savoring each moment, like When you live that way, you're going to become a magnet to everything that is right for you. And everything that is not right for you is going to be pushed out of your life. It's it's just going to, it's just going to not be available to you. And when you deprive yourself of your passion for any other reason, And there are a lot of reasons we deprive ourselves of our passion. We do it for money. We do it for sex. We do it for companionship. We do it for attention. We do it for validation. We do it for control. We like, there are a lot of reasons that we deprive ourselves of our passion. But when you deprive yourself of your passion for any reason at all, the magnet works in the opposite way. It brings into your life everything that is not right for you and pushes out of your life everything that is. And so going back to the topic, help, I can't meet any good people, right? Going back to the topic, if you can't meet any good people, then life is telling you right now that trying to meet people is not the thing that you should be doing. Because if that was the thing you should be doing, you would be meeting people that you were excited about seeing, that it was reciprocated, that it was natural, that it was flowing, that it was easy. And if you're hitting a wall, if that's not happening, life is saying to you, stop trying to meet someone and get to know yourself better. Stop trying to meet someone and get connected to what would fill you up. What would make you live? What would make you thrive? What would make you feel so good that you can't wait to get out of bed in the morning? And then on that journey, on that journey of exploring your own passion, of exploring your own life as a work of art, you will attract people. You can't help but do it. Like, I want you to think about, I want you to think about anybody 
that you respect or admire. You know, like, like I look at people and you know, some of you might laugh, but like, I look at someone like Jay Shetty, who is just somebody who just has such a clear message and he's so authentically himself and, you know, he has humor and he has, you know, wisdom. Like I look at someone like Jay Shetty and I'm like, that is a person who is so magnetic that like, it's just like, I mean, the, the level of magnetism he has is just incredible. You know, I look at someone like Gabby Bernstein. She's another person I look up to, right? Like, like, you know, her, she just has such a magnetic presence. When you, when you make yourself your top priority, that is what you create. And, and it doesn't mean you have to look like Jay Shetty or Gabby Bernstein, right? It, it doesn't mean you have to have a massive social media following or anything like that. Like these are some of the people I look up to and it's also appropriate for the line of work I'm in that I would look up to people like that, right? But it's not about, it's not about any external manifestation. It will happen for each person in their own unique way in a way that is personally relevant to you based on who you are, your talents, your gifts, your wisdom, your insight, your creativity, your passion. And it will show up uniquely for you in alignment with everything that you love. I see the question now, what if you do not have a real passion? Then you've got to figure it out. You've got to figure out what your passion is. And your passion isn't one thing. Like right now in this moment, okay, actually this is a good question, thank you. Let's talk about passion for a moment. Right now in this moment, you have many options available to you, right? In this moment right now, you have many options available to you. You could sit here and listen to this podcast. You could get up and go for a walk. You could go play with your pets if you have a pet. You could go call a friend. You could work on your career. You could work on, I mean, you could work on a, an art project or a creativity project. You could go play a video game. You could go play a sport. I mean, we could go on and on and on. We could do this all day, right? How many possible things could you do right now? Some of you might think, some of you might think, um, well, I, I would love to do those things, but I have to work today. Well, you're choosing to work right? You could quit your job and go do something else. Now, I know that might be difficult and that opens up a lot of nuance. So I'm going to try to keep us on track here, right? But, but I just want you to think like everything you're doing, you are choosing to do those things. Now you might say, well, I need to work to get a paycheck and blah, blah, blah. I get it. But that's all a part of you creating your life. And if you wanted to spend your time doing something else, there are ways to work towards that. Okay, but this, um, this isn't a career coaching conversation, okay? So I don't want to get too far into that. But my point is, in every moment, you have many, many options available to you that you could choose from. And if you started in each moment saying, what am I most passionate about right now? What am I most passionate about right now? In this moment, Right. It doesn't have to be like one thing, like I'm passionate about my career. And so I work on my career all day, every day. It's not like that in this moment, 
you know, like sometimes I'll be sitting here in the middle of a work day and I'll be like, you know what? I just want to take a break and take my dog for a walk. You know, I just want to take a break and just meditate for five minutes. You know, I just want to, I just want to go make myself a really good lunch right now and just, and just get off on the good lunch I'm making right now. You know, I just want to go make myself a smoothie and just like get off on all the good ingredients I'm putting in my smoothie, right? Or I just want to go, I just want to go, you know, reach out to a friend I've been thinking about and just, hey, bro, I've been thinking about you, wondering how you're doing, right? Like, actually, it's so funny. I'll I'll share this. The other week, the most passionate thing on my mind was to reach out to an old client and ask her if she wanted to work for me as an assistant. Now, completely now like I was like she probably doesn't want to do this it's going to be weird me reaching out like this why would I why would I even like like I mean you know like I have all this ego stuff right like why would I reach out and tell her that and like and you know she's probably busy she's probably got other stuff going on like like but I was just like you know what this is my most this is my greatest passion in the moment I'm going to trust it I'm going to reach out you know what she said I was just thinking about you the other day. I can't believe you just reach out and I'm actually looking for part-time work right now. And this is perfect because I'm tired of doing things that I'm not passionate about. That's what she said to me. Now, I want you to just receive that as a perfect example of what happens when you follow your passion. You become a magnet for everything that's right for you and you repel everything that is not. Okay, because I was willing to trust my passion in that moment, I linked up with where she was operating in her passion and boom, now we're going to start working together. It actually just came at a perfect time. This happened a week ago. Today, my current assistant just gave her two weeks notice. Okay, so I couldn't have planned that more perfectly if I, if I wanted to. And I, in, in my greatest wisdom on my best day, I could not have planned that. But my willingness to just follow my passion in the moment orchestrated all of this. And you think it can't find you your partner. Of course it can. Of course it can. But you've got to be willing to trust it. And you've got to be willing to put yourself first. You know, I want to I want to share a little bit more about my story. So I told you that I, I started focusing on my career. I started putting all my attention into building my career, building my business, you know, building it up. And what what my career was at the time was I was being educated to become a trainer for this large personal development seminar company. For several years, I, I, I traveled around the country. I would deliver these four or five day trainings for large groups of people from a stage. It was amazing work. I really loved it. And at that time, my passion was about developing this career as a trainer, right? I, and I, I said, you know, if I could do anything with my life, what would I do? And this is what I said I wanted to do. And so I started putting all my time and all my energy into creating that for myself. Now, would you believe it that I met my wife through that program? I mean, think about that. All I had to do was get clear about my passion and what I wanted to do and dedicate myself to it fully and create a life that was a work of art for me. And me just simply doing that brought my wife into my life. I didn't have to go out of my way to find her. You know, she, on the other hand, now, now let me tell you her side of the story, because this is a great example. 
my wife was actually somebody who tried the dating app thing, right? The three dates a week or whatever you want to call it. And she did that for, I don't know if she did three dates a week. She might've done one date a week, but, but whatever it was that she chose to do, she decided to do the, the dating app thing. And and my wife's joining in with us here. Hi, babe. <laughs> I love it when she joins. Um, but she, she tried to do the dating app thing, right? For like once a week or whatever. And she did it for a period of time. And then she hit a wall with it and it wasn't working for her. And so she stopped, right? She's like, I haven't met anyone. This is getting exhausting. I don't want to keep doing it. And so she stopped doing it. And she did actually, without ever the two of us talking about it, she just did this on her own. And she's like, well, what makes me feel really good? And she started going on retreats to India and she started, you know, getting very into yoga and doing yoga teacher trainings and doing these things. She got her health coaching certification. She, um, she started going, um, instead of going on dating apps, what she would do is she found a restaurant in town that she loved and she would go sit at the bar every Sunday night and have a drink and have dinner. And she got to know the bartender. She got to know all the staff and she got to know all the regulars who would come in and sit at the bar with her. And she developed this like amazing community at the restaurant that's 10 minutes away from her house. And every Sunday night, she would be so excited about going out to this restaurant and sitting at the bar and connecting with the people there. And sometimes guys would ask her out and she'd go on a date with them. And, you know, it was like, it was all a reflection of what she was passionate about. It wasn't this anxiety thing of, I need to meet someone. And then I want to tell you what happened. Some of you may have heard this story before, but what she's doing is she's living her life, going to India, India, doing yoga teacher training, doing the, you know, hanging out at the restaurant and Sunday nights and having, you know, party time with everybody at the restaurant. And then what she does is she, uh, she meets this guy in a coffee shop. He happened to be one of my best friends, but she didn't know this. And, um, and, and they get to talking and turns out they had both been to India. Turns out they'd read a lot of the same books and they just, they just, you know, get vibing with each other, her and this guy. And he ends up telling her about this training in Florida. The one that, the one that I was working for, he also worked for it. We were both trainers for this company. Now, He's in New Jersey. He meets her in a coffee shop. I live 1,200 miles away from her on the opposite end of the country. I mean, what are the chances that we would ever meet unless we were following our passion, right? And she she gets invited to go to this training by this random dude in a coffee shop. Now, it would have been so easy for her to be like, I don't know this guy. I don't I don't know this training that's, it's, you know, expensive. It's time out of my life. Like, what am I doing? I could just be in my life here. It would have been very easy for her to do that. But what she did instead was she followed her passion. And she said, you know what? I don't know why, but I just feel like I need to go to this training. I just feel like there's something for me here. I just feel like it's the right thing to do. I had a connection with this guy and I don't know what that's about, but you, you know, I, I just feel like this connection was important. And, and so there we go. And she, she decides to go to the training. Turns out she walks into the training and I was in the back of the room. I was one of the coaches in the training. And it wasn't even till like four months later that we ended up actually connecting for the first time on a personal level. 
you know, we met each other kind of, you know, as acquaintances through the training and I was one of the coaches and, you know, we, we got to know each other through an acquaintance kind of way, but it was almost four months later that we connected on a personal level. And, you know, what she did was she just followed her passion. You know, she was even in that cafe that morning when she met that guy because, uh, because that was her favorite thing to do on a Saturday or Sunday morning, right? It was her favorite sh- little coffee shop. It was her favorite place to go and get a scone and a cup of coffee and sit there and read her book. And she was literally living her passion when that guy came into her life to invite her to a training that would take her to the other end of the country that would four months later have her be at a brunch that we both got invited to where we would make a personal connection for the first time. And now here, six years later, we're married and adopted a puppy and we're building our dream home and planning a family. Okay. Me, her on our best day in our greatest wisdom at at, at our very best could have never planned how that would all work out. The only thing we could have done was follow our passion and allow it to link us up at the right place in the right time. And so what, what, What I want everybody to do with this is I want you to let yourself off the hook. It doesn't have to be so hard. You don't have to work so hard. You don't have to force what's not working. You don't have to spend so much time focusing on the absence of someone in your life. You don't have to spend so much energy focusing on the absence of what you want. Spend your time focusing on what you have now and what you have access to now. Like there are so many things you could do today to make today a better day than it was going to be. There are so many things you could do today to make this day way better than you thought it was going to be when you woke up this morning. And 90% of the time, it probably won't even involve another person. And when you, when you, or or let let me, this is what I'm trying to say. In that 10% that it does involve another person, it will be somebody you actually want to connect with. Because, because you're a magnet for everything that's right for you and you're repelling everything that's not. 90% of the time, it's going to be about you getting connected to what would fill you up. And I want to share a little bit about what my life looked like as a single person, because, you know, it was, it was active and I met a lot of people and I had a lot of fun and I had my lonely moments. I mean, I shared on a podcast a couple weeks ago. There were nights when I used to sit in bed alone and just wish that somebody was there with me. You know, like, like I had my lonely moments. You know, there were nights when I would be like, man, like it's just, it's so lonely right now. Like I wish I wasn't so alone. I wish that someone was here with me. And when those feelings were there, I would have to be with them. Right? I would have to be with them. But... I want to talk about how I spent my days and how I spent my time and where my mind was. You know, 
I learned a lot. Okay, like I said, I was being educated uh, t- to be a trainer for this program. I was, uh, I-, I was, um, I was doing yoga teacher training. I was doing, um, I mean, I was doing a lot, of, a lot to learn and a lot to grow. I was also doing um, a lot to like feed myself spiritually. There was a Course in Miracles group I used to go to every Wednesday night. There was a Native American church I used to participate with, and I used to do sweat lodges with them, and, and we'd do different ceremonies and things. Um, you know, I, I, would be, I would be social with friends and things. We would do camping trips. We would do, I mean, just like I had, I had a couple of roommates, and like we would do adventure trips and camping trips and things like that. And I would, I mean, I'm just, I'm trying to think of all the things I did. Like I was, I was so active and I was so busy and it was all about, it was all about doing things that filled up my life. And I used dating apps for a while, um, but I ultimately decided that I just didn't like them very much. And I didn't find them to be necessary because I would meet people everywhere I went. And, and the reason I met people, and I want to share this because this is important. You know, when you go on a dating app, the only thing you have in common is hopefully you're both looking for a relationship. Often, one of the two of you is just looking to hook up. But when you go on a dating app, like you're meeting people that you have very little in common with. You're meeting people that you, you don't really share. You don't really necessarily vibe with in any meaningful way other than the fact that you're both looking for someone to hook up with and maybe have a relationship with. But that's the only thing you really have in common. But when you follow your passion, you know, like I think about the Course in Miracles group I used to go to. And I would go every Wednesday night to a room of people who were passionate about something that I was also deeply passionate about. And we would hear a talk about that and it would expand our awareness and expand our minds and, and it would fill us up. And then we could sit around afterwards and have talks about it. And we could go out to dinner together. Like often it'd be like, hey, yeah, let's meet up at Satsung. That's what they called the group, right? Let's meet up at Satsung. And then after that, we'll all go out and get dinner and we'll, and we'll sit around and we'll have dinner and we'll, uh, and, 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 you know, we'll chat and we'll, and, and then, you know, maybe sometimes someone who got out to dinner, maybe there was a mutual attraction and it would be like, Hey, you know, how do you feel about grabbing coffee sometime this week? And then, you know, that opportunity would open up and we would already have a lot in common. We would already have a lot to talk about. Why? Because of where we met. Why? Because our passion brought us to a common place where we could connect with each other in the way that we wanted to. And when I met my wife, it was no different. Like, you know, we, uh, we were long distance for three years and we would talk on the phone every single night for three years. And we, we never ran out of things to talk about and we never stopped looking forward to talking to each other. And the reason is, is it because we were attracted to each other through our passion rather than through just trying to find somebody to be with. And, you know, I, I want to say that just, I know somebody mentioned like the holidays, it's a hard time of year. And, and I want to be sensitive to that too. You know, I, I know, I know this is challenging. Like I know that like, 
being alone in the world and, you know, on a quest for love is like a very, very challenging position to be in. It's a very vulnerable position to be in. It, it, it can be a scary position to be in. And times like the holidays can make it, can, you know, it can intensify all of those feelings that are already there. You know, it can exacerbate all of what's already there. And, you know, I, I want to say that that's all the more reason to get really good at loving up on yourself. You know, if you are constantly putting yourself last, if you are constantly, you know, putting the idea of a partner you might be with one day above the reality of your life right now and the joy you could find today and the passion you could have today in this moment. Like, what I want to say is that's only making it harder. It's, it's making an already difficult situation so much harder. And, and I have... Like I have all the compassion in the world for, for the journey that you're on because I've been there and, and you know, my, my wife has been there. We talk about it all the time. I mean, I, I speak weekly to, to lots and lots of people who are also on this journey and it's, it's not an easy one, but what makes it easier is creating a life that you are in love with creating a life that you feel good about, even if you're enjoying it by yourself. And trusting that when the world sees you living that life, that your presence is going to become so magnetic that finding a partner is not going to be your problem. Your problem is going to be the amount of potential that's available to you and really getting clear about the kind of person you want to be with. You know, in the, in the last few years of, of dating and being in relationship, you know, that, that's what, that's what happened for me was, you know, there, I went from like, like I want to say I went from being with a horrible narcissistic partner and and like basically begging her to be with me because I felt like I had no other options to being in a position where I had lots of opportunity to be with different people and and, and I don't mean this in any kind of arrogant way but it was just really about dating very consciously and determining who I really vibed with in a way that I could see my life with that person. And, you know, it is possible to go out there and, and meet someone through a, through a mutual, um, through a mutual loneliness and to link up through that and to hold on to each other because you feel that you have nothing else. Like that's possible. But that doesn't make anybody happy. Down the road, that leads to resentment. 
that leads to anger, that leads to feeling like you got duped, like they're not the person you signed up to be with. That's what that leads to long-term. And consciously creating a relationship is the process I've been describing here today. So I hope that's supportive. I, I hope that really lands for people and, um, and sending lots of love, you know, as you, as you confront this. Um, okay, I'm going to scroll through here. I want to read some of the comments. Um, thank you. Yeah, thank you to those of you who have left um, some great comments. Um, I'm reading Looks by Lindsay Ann. It took me a long time to live this truly. Now that I am, I have so much love all around me. I rarely think about dating. Super fulfilled, but I had to consciously do so. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. You know, that's that's it, right? Like that's that's the place you want to get to. I, I love that I rarely think about dating. Like, yeah, because it's it's not the most important thing. And there, you know, when you when you embody what you're talking about, there's a there's a confidence and a trust that that area of your life will work out in the right time in the right place. And there's not this need to make it happen anymore. So thank you for sharing that. So uh, Diddy K Peace Love says, Christmas time is a trigger for me. So I'm recognizing it and snapping out of it quicker. Yes, we need to fill up our own cup. Yeah, I mean, Christmas time is a trigger for a lot of people. You know, nobody, nobody wants to feel alone during the holidays. I spent a lot of holidays alone you know, awkwardly invited to friends, families. I remember, I remember like being the like one person at like friends, families, houses for Christmas and just like, why are you here? And like, oh, cause I don't have anything else going on. And it, you know, it like, yeah, it, it sucks. Like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. Like it, it's, it's tough. And, and I think like you got to love yourself through it. You got to love yourself through it. You got to know that it's only temporary and you've got to trust that like you're you're on your journey and things are working out for you in the right time. I saw um, Kellen Crisp had a question. She says, y'all have a lot in common. Is it okay to have different interests, but enjoy spending time with them and doing fun new things? You know, I mean, absolutely. And my wife and I have a lot, of, lot in common in some ways and in other ways we have a lot that's not in common. Um, so yes, it's it's definitely okay to have different interests. Actually, I think I think it's good to have different interests. You know, my my therapist uh, has told me, and and I think it's been really helpful to have him, you know, consistently reaffirm this with me, is that great relationships have togetherness, but they also have a lot of separateness, and you know, I I think that's a I think that's a great thing to remember. But what I've found and what I come to understand more and more is that it's not a checklist about, you know, oh, I like to paint, but I don't want to paint an artist or, you know, I like to paint, but I don't want to date an artist. You know, like it, if an artist shows up, like that's a superficial attribute. You know, if you following your passion leads you to another artist, like, why would you say no to them because they're an artist? That's a superficial attribute. What you want to do is you want to open-heartedly explore the relationship in a conscious way, and you'll either choose to be with them based on the character of the human being that they are or not, 
But the fact that they're an artist doesn't matter. It matters what kind of human being they are. And, you know, these, these superficial attributes really create a major obstacle for us because, again, like I've said many times today that, that we on our best day, in our best thinking, in our wisest moments could not plan this stuff to work out. And you saying, you know, I want to date an artist or I don't want to date an artist or I need somebody who's this tall or I need somebody who has this kind of job or whatever it might be, like all the superficial attributes we put in place, like stop with that stuff, live your passion, be open hearted, be conscious about the kind of person you want to be with and the kind of relationship you want to have. And then when you meet someone consciously explore the relationship and find out if this is somebody that you want to be with. Find out if this is somebody that like really makes your heart sing, not because they're an artist or not, but because they, because of who they are, because of the character of the person. And, you know, so to answer the question, yes, it's totally okay to have different interests and similar interests and I think a great relationship has a good mix of both. There are things you can enjoy together. There are things you can enjoy separately. You know, like, for example, my wife and I, we can go out to dinner together. We can enjoy that. We can go to a play together. We can enjoy that. We can go visit friends together and we can enjoy that. But if I want to sit down and play video games, that's not something my wife can enjoy with me. Unless, of course, it's Mario Kart. That's what she enjoys. But... Like, you know, that's not like, it's okay to have those things and a good relationship will have a good mix of both. But trust, you know, trust, there, there's something we always say that it, we say, trust your context. We say, trust your context and trust your context means trust your being, trust who you are and your passion and, and your ability to follow that passion. Trust that and, and, and trust what that brings into your life. And when something shows up in your life, explore it consciously and make a conscious decision about if this is the person you wanna be with or not. Like the, the whole, the, the really the heart of what we're talking about today, if, if we can sum it up in, in a single sentence, it's let go of needing to make this happen. Let go of needing to be in control of this. Surrender yourself to your passion. Surrender yourself to loving yourself deeply and fully. And trust what happens when you do that. So that's the message today. Okay, I'm going to take a few more questions. I see... I see some of you dropping uh, questions in here. So I'm going to go through, I'll get to as many questions as I can today. Branding 31 says, I feel like I miss out a lot on life because I don't like to go places or do things alone and friends aren't always available. Okay. Well, you, you might remember me sharing that my wife, um, my wife would go out to a restaurant every Sunday night by herself. And she got to know the bartender. She got to know all the wait staff there. She got to know all the regulars who would come in on Sunday nights with her. And that became a community for her. Um, 
you know, she also did the same thing that, that that coffee shop where she met the guy I was telling you about earlier. She did the same thing there. That was her favorite weekend brunch spot. And she would go there for brunch. She got to know the wait staff. She got to know the server. She got to know, uh, you know, the, the people who worked there. And and she would get to know some of the people in and she would strike up conversations sometimes. And that's how she met the guy that brought her to Florida where she met me. So not liking to go places by yourself is actually a limitation. It's actually you valuing your own comfort more than you value opening up and expanding your life. You know, when you say, I don't like to go places alone, what you're really saying is going out alone is uncomfortable for me. Why? Because having somebody there is a protection, right? If I go somewhere with a friend, I have a kind of protection buddy and we can isolate in our own little bubble where we don't have to be vulnerable. And actually last week's episode, what I talked about is how vulnerability is the secret to manifesting love, right? So when you're, when you go out somewhere by yourself, you're vulnerable, you're alone, you're available for someone who wants to talk or someone who wants to connect, or you're available to strike up a conversation with the bartender. And it doesn't mean that just because you strike up a conversation with the bartender that they need to ask you out or just because you meet somebody sitting next to you and you have dinner with them that it needs to be something more than that. And there might be the natural inclination for something more to happen. So when that's there, trust it. When that's not there, trust it. But you not wanting to go out by yourself. I mean, like I shared all the things I did. I did yoga teacher training. I would go to yoga classes regularly. I mean, I, I signed up for a training program for my education. I, I did, um, like I used to go to that satsang every week that I was sharing about. Like I did all those things by myself. Almost, almost everything I did, I did by myself. You know, if I got invited to a party, I would show up to the party by myself. And actually being by yourself is one of the best ways to meet people. There are things that um, support you in going out by yourself in meeting people. And, and I don't have time to do a full discussion on that now. Maybe I can do that in another episode. But, you know, what I want to say is like, wherever you have an excuse, this goes for everybody and for all excuses, Wherever you have an excuse, turn it into a possibility, right? So wherever you say, I can't meet people because I don't like to go out by myself. Ask yourself, how could learning how to go out by myself become a possibility for me to meet more people? When you create an excuse, you create a barrier that closes off possibility. But when you turn it into a possibility and you say, if I could learn to go out by myself, if I could learn to go out and have a good time by myself, what might that open up and make available in my life? And you start to engage with that in a meaningful way. You might've just opened up a door that will transform your life forever. You might've just transformed your life from being isolated and lonely all the time to having tons and tons of friends and acquaintances to meet whenever you want to hang out with someone and to ultimately opening the door to meeting your partner when the time is right. So don't, don't accept excuses from yourself. Like, what do I want to say? Like, be more loving than that to yourself. Don't sell out on yourself like that. Don't, don't trade possibility for comfort. 
get over your need for comfort and go out in your life and create some possibility. And if you need help doing that, get a coach who can help you. Like that's, that's really, that's really what I've got to say. Like, you know, you can't think that you can cater to all of your fears and insecurities your whole life and that love is still going to happen for you. Like, no, love, this goes for everybody. Love is calling you into the greatest expression of yourself. And it's not that you have to become the greatest expression of yourself to find love, but it's that love happens on the journey to become the best you. And if you're always selling out to all your fears and circumstances, then you're not becoming, you're not, you're not opening yourself up in a way that would invite love in. And I think I've probably landed that point enough. So I'm going to move on now, but you know, get comfortable going out by yourself, practice it, learn from it and see what opens up for you. So here's a great question. I'm having trouble gauging my new relationships since I'm so fulfilled with no agenda. I now feel I'm lost in what I'm looking for. You know, I love this question because a lot of really high powered clients that have come to me and like, I have a lot of people come to me who are like highly successful. A lot of people are interested in them and, and they just have a really hard time finding a relationship that'll work. And one of the common complaints I get from people that are like this is that they don't feel quote in love with anybody anymore. They don't feel that, Oh my God, I need this person anymore. And that's actually, that's actually a sign of maturity. You know, a lot of them are kind of scared by that because they say, you know, when I was younger, I used to feel so in love with people and that just doesn't happen for me anymore. And what that actually means when you stop having that in love feeling with people as much or as intensely or as easily, what it really means is you've, you've grown through the need to feel that you've, you've grown beyond the need to feel that because what it really is and like what that feeling really is, is like a feeling of filling what was empty. That in love feeling, that obsessiveness, that, oh my God, I want to be with you. I can't stop thinking about you. I need you right now, right? Like that, that feeling that we call being in love, which is not being in love, by the way. But what that feeling actually is, is it's a filling of something that was empty. I feel so empty. I feel so alone. I feel so whatever in my life. And now you're here and I'm feeling that that emptiness is filled. And it's like, I'm getting high on it. It's like, it's almost like using it as a drug. And it, it, it literally does get you high. Like you, you go into an altered state of consciousness. And when you don't need to feel that, that gets replaced with what I would call a calm curiosity. It gets replaced with a feeling of, I like this. This feels good. This is interesting. I want to know more. I like the way this person makes me feel. I like the things they say. I like the things they do. I enjoy our time together. I want to see them again. 
And that is, that is a very mature way to approach love. When there's not this emptiness that needs to be filled, but instead there's just a calm curiosity at like a mild excitement. And so what I want to say to the question is I'm having trouble gauging new relationships because I'm so fulfilled with no agenda. I now feel lost in what I'm looking for. Well, I can understand you feeling that way because you don't feel like you need something now because you've gotten to a place where you feel good within yourself. You don't feel like you need something. And so now what you're doing is you're looking, as I said earlier, you're like, I'm creating this life that's a work of art and I'm looking for someone else whose own artistic style can complement my art and we can create art together. And, and the art is your life. The art is your life that you'll create together. Now you don't need that person to be there. So if it's not compatible, they can leave and you can find someone else who has more compatibility. But what you're looking for now is actually compatibility, more than intensity, more than obsession, more than being in love, like, oh my God, my face is melting, I can't handle it. You're looking for someone that you have a deep level of compatibility with. Can I imagine waking up to this person every day for the rest of my life and still being happy that they're there? You know, can I imagine, you know, do as, uh, as things come up, as we have differences in opinion and as we have conflicts and as we maybe want things, the other person can't give and on and on and on, you know, do I appreciate the way that we communicate with each other? Do I appreciate the way we work through things together? Do I appreciate our level of connectedness and our communication and our relatedness, right? Do I... Do I appreciate their humor? Do I appreciate their smell? Do I appreciate the way they touch me? Do I appreciate, you know, do we have things to talk about that are interesting for both of us, right? Like you're looking for compatibility now. And that's a very different level of the game. When you're, you know, when you're looking for this intense experience of filling up something that you perceive as empty, like that's, that's a very addictive way to seek love. But when you're not looking to fill that emptiness, you're actually free now to just simply look for compatibility. So, so I would say, you know, for the person who asked the question, this is your opportunity to get really, really clear about what compatibility looks like and feels like for you. And you don't necessarily get clear by sitting down and writing out a list. You get clear by feeling into it in each experience, right? I'm dating this person. Uh, they don't, they don't, uh, I don't vibe with them. I don't really like the things they had to say. I don't really feel like they understand me. I, I don't really feel like, you know, we're, we're on the same level intellectually or, or in another way, right? Like, like, that's what you're looking for. And you've got to feel into that in each situation. And I want to say this is a much more intuitive process than it is a logical process. 
Like when I met my wife, I was aware of compatibility on a level that I could not have put into words. I couldn't tell you what it was that I felt was so compatible. Like now I can after six years together. But at the time, I couldn't tell you all of those things. But it was something I felt. And then it was something that as we grew into the relationship, it I felt it more and more and more and more. So that's what I would say is this is where you've got to develop your intuition. You've got to develop your own ability to connect with people and feel into a relationship and see what's there. And, you know, all that's happened is you're at a different level of the game now. And that's actually a very good thing because you can date without this neediness, without this agenda, like you said, right? And there's, there's so much freedom in that. And now you're just free to consciously create the life and the relationship that you dream about, to have your relationship be another part of this work of art that we've been talking about. So thank you for that. Um, thank you for the question. Excellent question. Okay, here's, here's a great question. Um, this will probably be the last one I'm going to take today. How do you sit with yourself and the pain and not distract with a meaningless relationship? That's a great question because this really, this question, it, it's an excellent question to sum all of this up because it really is, it really is the crux of everything, right? The, to be able to do what I'm talking about right now, you also need to be able to do this. And I've actually done, I would say for the person who asked this question, there's a podcast on um, instant gratification. I think it was two or three weeks ago I did it. Um, go back and listen to that podcast episode where I talk about instant gratification. That is, that is the one where I really go into this in detail. Sitting with the pain and the discomfort of, of your situation rather than distracting yourself with a meaningless relationship that is an act of self-love. And, you know, maybe, maybe the, the work for you in that area is about choosing to love yourself over being validated by someone else, right? It's, we, when you, when you settle for a meaningless relationship, or when you're just going out trying to find someone to be with. It doesn't have to be the one, just someone, right? They say, I'm not looking for Mr. Right, I'm just looking for Mr. Right now, right? So when you, when you take that approach, what you're actually doing is you're not looking for love, you're looking for validation. You're looking for acceptance, you're looking for approval, you're looking for someone to say, you know, just, just tell me I'm good enough. If you'll, if you'll like me, if you'll want me, if you'll want to have sex with me, or you'll want to take me on a date, or you'll want me in some capacity, that's going to tell me that I'm enough. And that's going to mitigate me having to deal with the feeling that I'm not enough. And when you say, I'm going to not do that, and I'm going to instead choose to be with my own feelings of not being enough. That is an act of true love. 
that is your first step in actually seeking real love. You know, and I'm so glad you asked this question because this is actually, this is actually bringing together a lot of what we've talked about here, where the reason that it won't work when you just grind out the dating apps the way I've been talking about, when you just plan three dates a week, no matter what, and I'm just going to date as much as I can and meet as many people as I possibly can. The reason that often won't work is because you're not bringing love to it. And if, if you were bringing love to it, then it probably would work. So choosing to not do that and choosing to be with yourself is, is an act of self-love. And, you know, I, I see your comment here. You say, it's so hard, but necessary. I'm trying every day to sit with it so I can go through it and to the other side. Yeah, that's the work. And, and I want to, I want to really acknowledge you for that. And there's, there's no shame in that, by the way, like, and, and, you know, for anybody who might be in a similar position, like there's no shame in that. Like we all have feelings of unworthiness. We all struggle with this and to make a choice to confront that within yourself rather than avoid it. That's fucking amazing. So good for you. Good for you for choosing to do that. Good for you for choosing to love yourself enough to do that. I want to say like, that is the first step in creating real love. And if you have the willingness to do that work, and I would say whether you hire a coach to work with or you, you do some work in therapy around it or you do a program around it, you know, the Inspired Love program might be a great place for anyone who wants to work around this. This is exactly what we work with in the Inspired Love program. Um, the willingness to do that work is, is bringing you towards embodying the vibration of love. And that's going to bring more love into your life. All right, so I just want to say, like, awesome job right now. You know, stick with that. Like, keep loving yourself. And, you know, what, what you'll find is in probably not even that much time, you'll start to turn a corner with this. And I'd say go listen to that other podcast because it goes into a lot more detail than I'm going to be able to go in today. All right, everybody, send in some love. Thanks for being on with me today. As always, you can find the episodes um, uploaded on the Conscious Love Show podcast, available on all major platforms. Um, sending you some love this holiday. I know, I know the holidays are not an easy time to be dealing with these things. You know, it kind of heightens everything that's already there. So, you know, this is, a, this is an opportunity for you to take those feelings that might be coming up around the holidays family saying, why aren't you married yet? Or whatever, whatever people say to you and they're in consideration. And, um, you know, this might be a time to take whatever comes up and just try to love yourself a little more as you go through it. Right. Just try to feel those feelings, you know, and love yourself through them. Uh, Karen Curler, I'm glad, I'm glad I helped you today. I'm glad this was beneficial. Dawn, glad to see you're starting to turn that corner. Uh, love having you all join in with me every week. So, uh, thank you so much. Sending love to all of you. Many blessings. And uh, we'll talk back here next week. All right. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.